Chapter 13 Stories from the Trenches, Funny Tales the Soldiers Tell This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories from the Trenches, Funny Tales the Soldiers Tell By Carlton Case Chapter 13 Didn't Raise His Boy to Be a Slacker With Consoling Information and he was all right. They don't raise their boys to be gun-shy down in the mountains of Kentucky. So when John Calhoun Allen of Clay County heard that his son had been arrested in New York as a slacker, he was plumb mad. The young man was rounded up with a bunch of other conscientious objectors and taken before Judge Mayer in the federal court. John C. Jr. told the judge that during his boyhood in the Kentucky mountains, he had witnessed so much bloodshed that he was now opposed to fighting and had a horror of killing a man, or, in fact, of being killed himself. The judge was puzzled. He had never heard before of a Kentuckian with any such complaint, so he packed the young man off to Bellevue for the once-over while he communicated the facts to his father down in Clay County, and, says the New York Times, the answer arrived in the form of the six feet two inches of John Allen himself. The mountaineer came into court just before the noon hour. He wore the boots and the corduroy trousers of the Kentucky Hills. His shirt was blue, collarless, and homemade. His coat was old-fashioned, and in his hand he carried his big black sombrero. May it please your honor, said United States District Attorney Knox, we have with us the father of John Calhoun Allen. The mountaineer looked the judge squarely in the eye and bowed. Tall and erect, he towered above every other man in the courtroom, and he was not in the least embarrassed. Judge, he said, I got your letter and I thank you for it, and I started to answer it in writing. I decided that maybe it was better that I come here myself and see what's the matter with that boy of mine. It ain't like our folks to act as that youngster has acted, and I assure you that I am plumb mad about it. I have five boys, and this one who is in trouble here is the oldest. Two of my lads are already in the army, and the two youngest will be there as soon as they are old enough. And so I've come all the way from Kentucky to get this one who I hear is a backslider. All I ask is for you to let me take my boy back to Kentucky with me, and I will see to it that he comes a time when his country calls. There ain't going to be no quitters in the Allen family. My boys that are already in the army ain't twenty-one yet. This one is my oldest, and he is the first to miss the trail. But he'll find the trail again, or I'll know the reason why. I have the utmost confidence in you, said Judge Mayer after the old man finished, and I shall release your son in your custody, confident that you will see to it that he obeys the law and registers. He'll register all right, Judge, replied the old man, and I tell you that if he don't, something will happen in the public square back home, and all the folks will have a chance to see with their own eyes that the Allens don't stand for no quitters at a time when the country needs all the men it can get. In the meantime, Marshal McCarthy had sent to the tombs for young Allen, and the young man was waiting in the marshal's office when his father arrived. They are self-contained people down in the Kentucky mountains. Their feelings are deep, but well-controlled, so that when the father and son met, there was no show of emotion on the part of either. But the sight of his son softened the father's anger. He placed his hand gently on the younger man's shoulder, and this is the way the Times describes the scene that followed. "'Son,' said the father, don't you know what it means to do what you try to do? Don't you know that you don't come from no such stock as these slackers and quitters, or whatever else you call such cattle? Don't you know that, boy? Well, if you don't, it's time you started learning. Now, you ain't crazy, for our folks don't go crazy. 
and you are going to register, and you are going to fight, and fight your darndest too if your country calls you. Now just put that in your head and let it stay there. I don't want to hurt you, and I ain't if you do right. But I just want to say that if you don't do right, when I get you back home, I will take you into the public square and shoot you myself in the presence of all the folks. The boy, with tears in his eyes, said he would register just as quickly as he could. And I'll fight too, if they want me, the boy added. Of course you will, for if you didn't, you wouldn't be my son, the old man replied. And that was the end of the Allen incident. That old fellow is one of the kind that makes the country great. He is a real American, said Judge Mayer afterward. Just before he left the federal building, John Allen asked one of the deputy marshals what case was being tried before Judge Mayer. It was the case of Emma Goldman and Alexander Bergman. I noticed a man and a woman, and I wonder who they were. What did they do? he asked. They are anarchists, and they are on trial, for urging men not to register for the war, the marshal replied. Those are the kind of folks who are responsible for boys like this one of mine getting in trouble, John Allen observed. We don't have folks like that down our way. End of Didn't Raise His Boy to Be a Slacker Consoling Information Mrs. S. Kensington We have such good news from the front. Dear Charles is safely wounded at last. He was all right. Doctor, why were you rejected? Applicant, smiling. For imbecility. What do you do for a living? Nothing. I have an income of $6,000. Are you married? Yes. What does your wife do? Nothing. She is richer than I. You're no imbecile. Asked for general service. End of chapter 13